Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. This is episode 47, dedicated to the 1947 NFL champions, the Chicago Cardinals. And as always, thank you for listening and downloading to another episode of the podcast. On today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the college football playoff semifinal matchups, some of the most unfortunate franchises in my lifetime. Antonio Brown once again goes to social media to get some things off of his chest. But first, Tim Ryan the radio color analyst for the San Francisco 49ers, gave us all a lesson of what not to say when describing a professional collegiate high school when just describing an athlete. Like I said, Tim Ryan of the San Francisco Francisco 49ers, radio color analyst, he was on his weekly segment on KNBR on the Murph and Mac morning show in the Bay Area, and he was talking about describing what he just saw. This comes right after the San Francisco 49ers lost to the Ravens 22-17. So all Tim Ryan's thinking is Lamar Jackson this, Lamar Jackson that, Lamar Jackson just beat us, Lamar Jackson did to us what he has done to other people throughout this season. Lamar Jackson, Lamar. Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, I can't get him out of my mind. So what does he do within the first two minutes of his weekly segment? He talks about who? Lamar Jackson, the man that he can't get off of his mind. Now, it's not that he's talking about him that, well, got him in trouble, got him suspended for the next game. It's what he said when describing Lamar Jackson that got him suspended for the, the 49ers matchup up against the Saints, which they ended up winning, by the way. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Tim Ryan, had this to say about you. And, quote, he's really good at that fake, Lamar Jackson. When you consider his dark skin color with a dark football, with a dark uniform, you could not see that thing. I mean, you literally could not see when he was in and out of the mesh point. And if you were a half step slow on him in terms of your vision, forget about it. He's out of the gate. And that's 100% true. If you don't read, if, you, if you're not quick enough, if your eyes, if your vision, if you're not able to read what Lamar Jackson is doing quick enough, well enough, better than other people throughout the NFL, he is going to torch you. 100% of the time, he is going to torch you. But Tim Ryan, you can't pull that color, you can't pull that racial slur, that racial backing, or that racial uh, definition defining him saying he's only good or he is good because of what? His color. The color and him hiding the fake have nothing to go together. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, you go back even some years now, Peyton Manning, all of these guys are what? Caucasian males. And what are they good at? Faking the ball, faking out who? The defenders, faking out who? The commentators, you yourself, faking out who? The cameramen, faking out who? The men and women that watch football on a regular basis, those three men, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, did a great job at hiding the ball, faking the ball, making sure you didn't know where the ball was when they were trying to fake the ball, do a play-action pass with their running back, as well as Lamar Jackson was the difference Lamar Jackson runs a different offense he brought a college offense into the NFL and he's doing what excelling in a role or in an office that suits him very very well some people said Tim Ryan should lose his job I am not going that far I do not think you should lose your job for something like that now I do think uh, his bosses should talk to him a suspension which he did get suspended for the Saints game I think a suspension which was which went down was right I think people should talk to him remind him say hey man 
we got to we give you one warning. Next time you're out of here, you can't be saying these things about athletes, about people. Why? Because it just ain't right. You never know who's going to be offended by what you're saying. And certain things of race should not and certain things that do involve race should not be talked about. Now, Lamar Jackson heard these heard these comments. People say athletes don't hear what people say on the radio and the newspaper, things of that nature. That is not true. They definitely hear what they have to say. Now, Lamar Jackson took this thing up another notch, and I found it quite comical what he did. The very next game that they played, his team wore white jerseys, white tops. So what did he do? He wore a white jersey, and he did not wear just no sleeves. No, he had white long sleeves on as well. So Tim Ryan said, oh, the dark skin, the dark jersey, the dark ball. It's very hard to figure out what's going on with him. Well, Lamar Jackson, this time he gave him no, no reason to not figure out and say, hey, man, it's, it's the color. He took the color out of everything, the white jersey the white long sleeves oh i didn't even mention he had on white gloves as well he said hey man take the dark stuff out of it that ain't got nothing to do with how good i am your comment is dumb it's foolish it's idiotic says a lot about you and you should not say that hey we can all learn from what tim ryan said about lamar jackson why because what he said was foolish he deserved suspension he could take it a step further because I know a guy, radio, a radio play-by-play man, a former radio play-by-play man for the Colts, used the N-word, lost his job. Tim Ryan didn't go to that extreme, but what he said was extreme enough for us to learn a lesson from what he said and for him to get suspended. Let's go ahead and take a trip to Grapevine, Texas, because this college football playoff committee gave us some matchups on December 28th that all of us need to get our popcorn ready for. LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma. It doesn't matter if you're on the side of the argument that believes that the committee should put the four best conference champions in the Final Four. This is one of those years that they did. Or if you're on the side of the argument that believes that the committee should put the four best teams in the Final Four, regardless of if they win the conference championship game and regardless of if they even make their conference championship game at all. This was one of those years that they did. The four best teams in college football all won their conference championship this year. Oklahoma, Big 12, Clemson, ACC, Ohio State, Big 10, LSU winning the SEC title over Georgia in Atlanta, Georgia. LSU, you got a big target on your back. No team has been ranked number one in the playoff era and has won the natty. Coach O, Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, Clyde Edwards E'Laire. Yes, they have holes on their defense and you can't get past them. But you know what? That offense has been so lethal, has been so elite, that no matter the, what holes are on their defense, that offense is scoring more points than their opponent all year. Undefeated, 13-0. Great accomplishment, one that should not be overlooked. LSU, be glad that you're in. Ohio State and Ohio State fans will make a big argument, a big push, a big stink, as some people call it, about being ranked number two, about having LSU jump them in the rankings. Ohio State fans say, hey, we have been historically dominant. And yes, this Ohio State Buckeyes team has been historically dominant as a team, not just on offense, not just on defense, but as a whole, the team has been historically dominant putting them up against the 04 and 05 USC Trojans teams, the 05 Texas team, the 01 Miami team. 
Uh, what are the, the 95 Nebraska Cornhuskers? Yes, past 20, 25 years, this may be one of the best teams we have ever seen. Ohio State fans, you can make whatever argument you want about, about how you should be ranked number one, and a lot of the argu- a lot of the stuff you will say about why you should be number one is actually true, factual, and <laughs> you really should be ranked number one. But hey, no matter if you're one or two, you're in the party. Be glad that you're in. Clemson, the... ACC is horrible. Your conference sucks. Your conference is trash. Some people say Gar B. No, it's ridiculous how bad the ACC is this year. And you know what? People are discrediting your 13-0 record because of the conference that you're in. They're saying, no, no, no. You're only there because of your conference. You're only there because you won the Natty last year. So many people are knocking you. I think so many people have also forgot how good Trevor Lawrence is and how good Travis Etienne is. They got a coach in Dabo Sweeney. I told one of my friends he may be the new Nick Saban, and buddy, I ain't mad at it at all. Dabo, a very likable guy. Nick Saban, a guy people like, people dislike, don't like his demeanor, don't like how he says, don't like how he approaches the media, what he says to the media. Whatever it is with Nick Saban, Dabo may be that guy. Dabo's already pushing buttons with people in the media and narratives that they actually create that people, college football fans, eat and sink in all of the time. The narratives that they put out there aren't true, aren't real. It's just things that they want to say to get more clicks. And Dabo don't like it. Dabo is not here for it. Clemson, people don't believe you belong. You belong. Number three, you should be happy. You should. You can say, hey, we should be number two. No matter what you say, no matter what ranking you think you should be at, be glad that you're in. Hey, Oklahoma, buddy, check this out, Boomer. So, but check this out, Boomer Sooner. They think y'all. <laughs> they deb- they debated you in Georgia. Hoo-hoo-wee. Let that sink in. They debated you in Georgia for the fourth spot, and many people, many people. Numerous people assumed and just thought it was a no-brainer that Oklahoma was going to be the number four team in the country after Georgia lost in the SEC title game. The committee didn't see it that way. They're knocking you, just saying they're not. You're not as good as well. Your record says, as your play says. I think Jalen Hurts has been. Jalen Hurts. I don't think he know. I know Jalen Hurts has been here before. He knows about this stage. He knows about this process. He's done it numerous times. Lincoln Riley is lucky to have another top quarterback in his, leading his offense now. This guy probably won't win the Heisman like Curler, like Curler, like Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield did. If Jalen, if it was any other year, Jalen Hurts probably would be that guy. There are a few, a few people that are better than him. He, he'll probably be in New York. I think Joe Burrow will actually win the Heisman. But Oklahoma, no matter what people are saying, prove them wrong. Why? Because they let you in the party, baby. They let you in, and there ain't no cover charge for you to have a little fun on December 28th. This is what we live for, baby. This is what we live for. As a college football fan, when they started this playoff era, I was like, okay, cool. I like it. Let's see what's going on. We've had good games. We've had shutouts, but I think this year may be some of the best matchups and may produce the best semifinal round we have ever seen. 
I'm not big on hyperbole. I'm not big on just saying, hey, this may be the best thing since sliced bread. That ain't that 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 ain't me. That's not how I operate. I don't like that. That's one of my pet peeves. I cringe at people say, oh, best day ever, best day ever. That's annoying. That's very annoying. That's not me. That's not me at all. I get it. It's America. People adopt things and they just roll with it. No, that's not me. I'm not a big fan of it. But this semifinal round, huge, man. Huge. Think about when was the last time we had four quarterbacks that could easily find their way in New York in the Heisman Trophy ceremony? Think, I mean, I don't know. Uh, when was the last time you had an offense as lethal as LSU? You had a, a coach in Lincoln Riley who's, who some people say is a quarterback guru. When was the last time we had a, a very, 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 very historically dominant team in Ohio State? When was the last time that the defending national champion was playing that historically dominant team and they're being disrespected? Disrespected. This is it, man. This is it. I'm here for it. December 28th, 4 p.m. You have the Peach Bowl. I believe it's the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl uh, with LSU and Oklahoma. Uh, December 28th at 8 p.m. You have, well, Ohio State and Clemson and the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. I am so, I don't want to call myself old, but PlayStation and Fiesta Bowl don't sound right to me. I, I Just go back to, to-, to- Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. I can't get the word out, but Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. It just, it's just, the two to go together. I mean, the, the, the Tostitos Fiesta ain't that ain't that what we're all here for? Get things to sync together. I understand. I understand the uh, uh, the the sponsors and everything that goes in with that. But let's go back to having Tostitos. There we go, Jay. Get your words together. Tostitos and Fiesta being the spot. Tostitos being the font the sponsor for the Fiesta Bowl. It just seems right. It just seems like it's meant to be. But the New Year's Six Bowls, that, that new thing that the, that the committee in the, the college football playoff era has started, it's just going to be as big. The one downer may be the Orange Bowl with Florida and Virginia. <laughs> that probably will be a downer. But you have the Cotton Bowl, Memphis, and Penn State. Memphis is just trying to be like UCF was. Say, hey, baby, we belong. I understand we're a group of five team. I understand that we don't get the credit that we de- that, that we we deserve, that people, we believe we, we deserve. But, hey, we Penn State – James Franklin, I understand you got that. You got that extension. Let's keep this thing rolling, baby. Penn State wants to keep it rolling. Memphis wants to play, wants to say that they belong. Heavyweight battle in cot in, in in the Cotton Bowl in Dallas, the Rose Bowl. My favorite bowl, my favorite stadium in America. It's always been my favorite bowl. Just a sight looking at it. I can I, call me weird, call me crazy. When I look at certain stadiums, I can tell where I am. The Rose Bowl always looks like the best stadium to me, no matter what day of the week it is. Even when UCLA plays there, you can even tell that it's the Rose Bowl. Yes, they're different colors. The field is different. All of that stuff. The Rose Bowl is so special. It's, it's just the granddaddy of them all. It's so big. big Midwestern guy, Big Ten, always goes there every single year. I get it. But this is just the bowl. My favorite bowl. It's the bowl for me. Oregon, Wisconsin, don't sleep on it. A lot of people are saying Ohio State is not that good. Ohio State had uh, struggled against Wisconsin, which is true. They did struggle in the first half. I was there. And let me tell you, that game was literally a tale of two halves. Jonathan Taylor, the Wisconsin offense came back, came out in the second half. Jonathan Taylor, I don't believe, was in that first drive. That's where everything changed. Now you have adjustments. You have um, you have coaching schemes. You have schemes that change exits, exits and those things that change. But if you have Jonathan Taylor out there first drive, second half for Wisconsin, I certainly believe that the momentum that Ohio State picked up after that, uh, stopping them on that drive and then going on to score 27 unanswered points, I do believe Jonathan Taylor's there. I think Ohio State still wins, but it's going to be a lot tougher than it was. Don't discredit Wisconsin. 
what you saw Saturday night was not a fluke. That is a really, really good football team. Those big hog mollies up front, the Ohio State, no, excuse me, the Wisconsin offensive line, their D-line beefy big boys that move people. D-line moves boys, that O-line moves boys. It ain't no fluke that Jonathan Taylor's good. But he has a really good O-line in front of him. Hey, Oregon, I sure hope you're ready. Or Oregon, I just beat Utah. Wisconsin ain't no Utah. Utah has a good defensive line, but Wisconsin will beat you up in the trenches all four quarters. Oregon better be ready. Then the Sugar Bowl, Georgia, and Baylor. Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, probably going to be the battle back and forth to, feed, to see which bowl is going to be the best uh, between those two, between the New Year's Six Bowls that aren't between the, the semifinal rounds, uh, between the, the Peach Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl. I know a lot of, there's a lot of talk nowadays about players sitting out of bowl games. It's bowl season. It's very, coming up very, very short. level. It starts December the 20th, 20th, 21st, 22nd, one of those days. Don't like, me personally, I don't like players sitting out of bowl games. But let me put myself, let's put myself in the player's shoes, the teammate's shoes. All year long, you have your quarterback. All year long, you have your running back. All year long, you're relying on this guy. You're winning. Uh, you may have a couple losses on your, on your resume, on your record, but you're winning. You're going back and forth. You're battling. You guys have been teammates all four years. All, all every single year, You've been battling. You've been, you've been, you, two a days. I mean, you, you guys are even lifting buddies. Man, this is everything, man. It's what we fight for. It's what we live for. We live for these moments. Senior year comes around. That running back back there, man, he got some offers, man. Uh, not some offers. He's, he's got a buzz in his ear. Man, I can go in the first round. I could be a top 15 pick. Ooh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, I, I did that move against that guy. That's, he's saying top 10 now? And there's so much talk about players going top five, top 10, first round. I get it, man. The pool, the power of the dollar is very, very strong. I completely understand it. And I, I always couple it with a guy named Jalen Smith, former linebacker at Notre Dame, current linebacker at for the Dallas Cowboys. And they have some mess. They have a, <laughs> that's a hot mess down there in Dallas they got going on right now. But, man, let me tell you something. There's something weird about this thing about guys sitting out of bowl games. Put yourself in the teammate's shoes. How would you like for one of your boys to just leave you out of the blue and say, hey, man, 12th game of the season, we were 10-2, and two, we playing this bowl game. That running back, that linebacker says, hey, man, I got the, I got this money on my mind. I'm going to leave y'all. I don't care about y'all. This ain't for me. That brotherhood we talked about, we preached about, we dapped up with all the time. Hey, that ain't me, man. That ain't me. I ain't about that life no more. This is all about me, myself, and that dollar bill. I'm about to get to my first paycheck. And they forget you. I don't like that. Bowl games still matter. I understand the playoff era is here. I understand that college, college football finally has a playoff. Let me tell you, there was a time period that the college football named their national champion before the bowl game. Let that happen in 2019. There will be a major, major uproar. But bowl games still matter. No matter if the, if the playoff goes from four to eight, it don't really matter. I don't think we need eight. Four is a good number. I was on four eight, four eight a long time ago. But I think four is a good number, a really good number. The, the season, the regular season plays itself out all the time. So going for four to eight is not needed. But those guys that leave, that leave their, their team said, hey, man, it's end of the year celebration, a bowl game. We got a trip. We got a business trip to go to have one more hoorah, have, to have one more battle with somebody on the field. We're leaving with hardware. We're leaving with the ring if we win this thing. We're leaving with, with the smile on our face. And we're going to go down in history as the winner of X, Y, or Z bowl. 
and that player leaves, it's, it rubs certain people the wrong way. And I'm sure it rubs some coaches the wrong way. They will say coach speak all they want to. I understand. They, they probably don't like when players leave for the NFL draft either. Bowl games still matter. The playoffs does not diminish what the postseason, these bowl games, the end of the year celebration that it is. I sure hope you're ready. The New Year's Six slate of games is amazing. The semifinal round is amazing. LSU, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Clemson, be there, be in your seat, and let me tell you what we all need to do. Get a popcorn ready. Well, 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 the New York Knicks fire yet another coach. This is embarrassing. What's going on in New York? And I'm not going to give you a Stephen A. Smith-esque rant. I'm not doing that. That's not my niche. That's not my thing. Stephen A. does a great job of that. He's done a great job of getting of drawing clicks and bringing eyeballs to ESPN, bringing eyeballs back to ESPN in a time period when ESPN is losing viewers at a high rate, more and more people are saying they're not watching ESPN because they don't like what ESPN is putting out on television on a daily basis. Stephen A. Smith is one of those bright spots. Stephen A. Smith, uh, Scott Van Pelt, uh, Chris Berman, Tom Jackson, things of, that, things of that nature. Those are the kind of the bright spots and say, hey, well, uh, if they're here, I'll watch. If they're not here, I won't watch. I'll, I'll watch for them, PTI, Tony Kornheiser, Mike Wilbon. We'll watch these guys. We won't watch the shows that you have made staples or that are basically shows we could only find there with you no we're not doing that uh but uh, this is bad this is this is bad man the, the new york knicks they've been in a bears for a while i mean the best player and i've heard one, piece, one person describe this recently their best player this year is maybe maybe marcus morris how does that sound does that sound appealing does that sound like a winning team does that sound like a team that's put together well Put together the way that teams are supposed to be put together? No, definitely not. It sure doesn't, but that is the New York Knicks. A dumpster fire. A hot mess. A team that if I'm a fan of that, if I no, a team that if I, that's my team that I'm a fan of, I'm pretty embarrassed. I would not be going around saying, oh, yeah, I'm a Knicks fan. I'm a Knicks fan. Oh, the, who the Knicks, who the Knicks beat? Oh, the, we ain't beat nobody, but I'm a Knicks fan. I got, I got my, I'm my flag waving. I'm flag, waving my flag high. I'm a Knicks fan. No, I mean, we ain't doing that nonsense. Ain't nobody trying to wave that wave the banner high and say, I'm a Knicks fan. The Knicks ain't no good, man. The Knicks have been a dumpster fire. The Knicks are embarrassing. They've been embarrassing for quite some time. You know what? They've been embarrassing for quite some time. And I went back and started looking at some very embarrassing teams in my lifetime, embarrassing franchises throughout my lifetime, the Knicks being one of them. I was born in 1988, 31 years on God's green earth. So I have seen some really, 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 really good franchises. And I have seen some franchises that have been falling and falling and falling and falling and really just getting worse and worse and worse. The Knicks at one time when I was born, they were pretty good. Pat Riley was a coach, led them to the finals, uh, very competitive all, all that, all of that throughout the uh, early to mid '90s. Jeff Van Gundy comes around, listens to the finals, lost to the Spurs. Things got worse after that. The Knicks, the New York Knicks, have had 14 winning seasons in the past 31 years, 17 playoff appearances, which is actually pretty good. The next number not good. 18 head coaches. Some of those head coaches have been David Fisdale, who just got fired. Mike Miller, who took over his, who, who just took over for him. Jeff Hornacek, Kurt Rambis, a Phil Jackson guy, Derek Fisher. I feel Jackson guy. Oh, check this out. <laughs> the Knicks have not won a title since I believe the 72-73 season. The last time they won a title, Full Jackson was on that team. 
<laughs> Talk about how long ago it has been. A lot of people don't even realize Phil Jackson coached in the NBA. Jeff Van Gunny was a coach, as I mentioned. Luddy Wilkins, uh, Herb Williams, Larry Brown, Hall of Fame coach. Mike D'Antoni, eh, good coach now. Um, not really then with New York. It was kind of embarrassing with New York. Uh, Mike Woodson, one of the few guys uh, that's been a coach in New York since I've been alive that's actually had a winning record, has had a, has a winning record with throughout his tenure being a coach for the Knicks, his last year, he went 37-45. to 45. You all know in New York, if you're going like that one year, you have a good shot of getting fired, and that's what happened with him. Another team, another franchise that's really been unfortunate throughout my career, the Cleveland Browns. Before this season, everyone, everyone, a lot of people in, in the media, I won't say everybody because I wasn't, but a lot of people in the, in the media, a lot of fans, Super Bowl or bust for the Browns. Super Bowl or bust. They're going to be that good. They have that much firepower. We don't care about Freddie Kitchens. We don't get, care about the young mindset of these players. They're too talented to worry about their mindset. We're Super Bowler bust. And we all see that that Super Bowler bust statement that Sony people, Sony people said, that is not going to happen. The Browns need help. And well, now there's news that OBJ had an issue, an injury in training camp. Didn't that sound like an unfortunate or uh, just a weird, uh, odd, abnormal franchise? You got a guy that's really good, one of the best receivers, one of the best receivers in the NFL. You're not taking care of him in the offseason to make sure that in the week, week 12, 13, and 14, he is healthy, healthy, very healthy to be dominant on the field. <laughs> Browns, that's such a Browns thing to do. I hate when players get hurt, but you got but franchises, medical teams, you got to take care of your players. Uh, Cleveland Browns, three winning seasons in the last 29 years. Uh, one was 1994 when they went 11-5, lost in the lost in the divisional round. Quarterback Vinny Testaverde, many of you know him. The next two names you may not recognize: Leroy, Leroy Horde was a running back, the top running back that year for the Browns. Then also wide receiver Derek Alexander. 2002, uh, they went nine and seven, lost in the wild card round that year. Quarterback Tim Couch, running back was William Green. Wide receiver was Quincy Morgan. Those are the top at that position that season. And also the last time they had a winning season was 2007. Ooh, 12 years ago. <laughs> Browns, man, you guys are such an embarrassment. Uh, quarterback that year, they went 10-6, and six, uh, didn't make the playoffs. Uh, quarterback that year was Derek Anderson. Most people remember him. Jamal Lewis was a running back. I remember Jamal Lewis from his Ravens days, not the Browns days, but I get it. He was he was there. Wide receiver, top wide receiver that year, Braylon Edwards. Another unfortunate franchise, the Detroit Lions. They have had 10 winning seasons since 1998. They have never appeared in the Super Bowl. I can stop there. I mean, you never appeared in the Super Bowl. You've been around for quite some time. That's pretty embarrassing. In 31 years, you've had 10 winning seasons. And that's pretty bad. You've had Barry Sanders. You have had Charles Johnson. What have you had to show for that? Nothing. Nothing at all. Front office. Get it together. Too much talent to not have more winning seasons. They've had nine playoff appearances in my lifetime. 11 head coaches. Too many, buddy. Too many. Could be, could be, could have been more. Could have been more. And the Knicks had a lot more than that. Uh, Seattle Mariners, another team. In, let's go to baseball. Seattle Mariners. In my lifetime, well, uh, they have not been really good at all. They are on an 18-year playoff drought. <laughs> Seattle. Y'all love sports, but how do y'all still continue to support this team? Well, not support in, like 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 other player people do, like the Cubs and the Yankees and the Red Sox and those franchises. Cubs have been a lot better now than they used to be, but I mean those franchises still support Seattle. I mean y'all y'all love sports, but come on, man, it's, it's got to be tough. 18 year playoff drought. Their first season was in 1977. We want to give a little context there with them. Uh, four playoff appearances in franchise history. Gosh. Gosh, that's rough. And we're thinking about the Mariners. It's not like they've had bad players or they haven't had a good collection of players at 80 given time. No, they actually have, but 
They just couldn't put it together. I mean, they couldn't string, string nothing together. Seattle, Mariners fans, Seattle fans in general, I think Seattle will be a great place for the NBA to go back to. I know, I see they left Oklahoma City, welcomed it in with open arms. But Seattle, they deserve another NBA team. That's just what they get. Great fans up there in the Pacific Northwest. Oh, man, I sure hope this this baseball team can get it together because this, this drought they're on, this streak, unfortunate uh, circumstances, man, it's bad. It's rough. It's really, really rough. Then lastly, the Sacramento Kings, a team that when I grew up, whoo, it was, they were fun to watch. I mean, those early years, I mean, it was 8, 9, 10, 11 years old. Uh, you had Bobby Jackson, uh, White Chocolate, Jason Williams, uh, Chris Webber, Vladi Devox, Mike Bibby, Doug Christie. I mean, those teams, man, good, really, really Really good. Yes, a lot of people say they should have beaten the Lakers. I think it was the 01 playoffs to go to the finals that year. 01 or 02, one of those two years. It may, may, may have been 02. Both of those teams are really, really good. But they said, oh, man, the, the Kings were so good. They should have beat them. Well, they were good that year, but they have not really been good since. Really unfortunate circumstances for this team. Longest, they are currently, they currently have the longest active NBA playoff and championship drought. Another long drought. Really bad one. I don't like. I don't like hearing this stuff at all. As a fan, I want everybody to be, to be competitive. Don't have any droughts going on. Oh, make the playoffs. Have a chance to, go, to win the ship. Nah, not this team. They can't even get to the playoffs. The last time the Kings were in the playoffs was 2005, the 2005-2006 season. Uh, they have had nine playoff appearances in my lifetime. 16 head coaches. Woo-hoo-wee. Yes, I'm sure this, this is bad. It could get worse. I, there, I could, I, this list could have kept on going. There were teams in your head that you're thinking of. It's like, man. My franchise has been rough. I sure hope things get turned around for you. There were, I, this, this could go on for a long, 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 a very long time. Unfortunate circumstances. It all came to my mind when the Knicks fired yet another coach. I sure hope the Knicks get it together. But you know what? I think what the Knicks need to do is fix the front office. Because once they fix the front office, once they get guys in there that deserve to be there, that know exactly what they're doing, everything else will start to fall into place. Before we get out of here, Antonio Brown's back in the news. He keeps putting stuff on social media. A lot of it's stupid. A lot of it's just him being uh, immature, um, more idiotic tendencies to uh, more new age stuff to go to social media to apologize to people instead of, well, uh, going to them face-to-face, face-to-face to keeping your issues off of a social platform, a social media platform. But I think this time, this post, I'm not trying to read too, in too much into it. I'm going to read it to you. He's this is a different type of Antonio Brown than what we have know what we know and what we have seen for well his entire NFL career. You know, like that young, humble guy that was down there at UCF, UCF that just wanted to play ball, wanted to work hard. I, we may be getting close, closer to that, but I'm not sure if this is just a ploy to get him back in the NFL. It's bad that we think that way when players put themselves out there, open up uh, to anyone, no matter if it's social media or just a friend, uh, a counselor, a pastor, parents, no matter who it is, a loved one, uh, if it's a spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever it is. When people open up to someone, a lot of times we don't believe them uh, because we're just ingrained by society just to, just to have a thought that they're not telling the truth. So I hate thinking like this about Antonio Brown, but I sure hope what he, what he said is true. Here's what he said, what his most recent post, and a lot of people were talking about it. Quote, first and, form, first and foremost, I'd like to apologize to my family, friends, and anyone who I offended. 
I never once meant to make anyone feel like I wasn't thankful and appreciative of the opportunity that I was afforded to play the game I love. I've worked hard over the years to earn a chance to compete in the greatest game on earth. Over the years, I was met with challenges, and I can honestly say I didn't handle those challenges in the manner that I should have. Over the past few weeks, I've had the opportunity to think about everything that's inspired, that's transpired, and I am deeply sorry to all who I've offended. While my behavior was inexcusable, sometimes when people are coming at you with false information and allegations, we handle ourselves in ways that we sometimes regret. I do take full responsibility for my actions, and I'm working every day to, re to repair what I broke. I do know that I'm... I do know that if I'm ever given the opportunity to play the game that I love, I'm going to work extremely hard to show the world how much I appreciate another chance. To the organizations that I offended, I offer my sincere apology to you and my hope it is that you forgive me and help me move on from this minor setback. I look forward to competing and helping a team reach their goals, goals end quote. I've never, ever, ever, and you probably have never, ever, ever in your life heard or thought that Antonio Brown during this season or this sequence of events in his life, that he would come to this point that in an age in a time period where social media is too much. Yes, social media is way too much. Yes, it's a great way to get news, to communicate, to meet people from different walks of life, to meet fans, to communicate with fans, argue with fans, uh, cheer with fans, whatever it is. So much social media has its ups, but our society has shown so many other negatives and the downs that social media provides. I sure hope that Antonio Brown did not just send this out, but he went to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike Tomlin, everyone that was there, and apologized to them face-to-face. -face. I sure hope that Antonio Brown went to the Oakland Raiders and went down there, Mike Mayock, John Gruden, and apologized to everyone there for what happened. I sure hope that Antonio Brown went to Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick, those up there in the organization, the Patriot organization, and apologized for what he did, apologized for his actions. I sure hope Antonio Brown went to those individuals that he did not pay for services that they provided to him that he agreed upon to pay them for. I sure hope he went to each and every one of them one-on-one -on -one and said, hey, I apologize. I am sorry for my actions. Here's what I owe you if I owe you money. Here's uh, a new mindset, a new, a renewed, a refreshed uh, ability to come out and play the game that I love. I sure hope he did this one-on-one, face-to-face. Because in the age of social media, when a lot of people go to social media to do stuff, stuff like this when you're apologizing for idiotic, childish behavior, going to them one-on-one -on -one is always the way to go. Don't go to social media because stuff like this should never hit the, a social platform. Keep it off of there. Keep social media fun. Keep personal uh, dealings between each person that is involved. That's what I believe should happen. I hope he did. I hope he went to them and apologized. Antonio Brown at one point said, hey, I don't need the NFL. I don't want to come back. Uh, the NFL is more, uh, and he started bashing the shield and started saying a lot of uh, dogmatic statements talking about he don't need the shield, the NFL, the NFL needs him, blah, 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 blah. Sir, let's think about what you said. You've embarrassed yourself. I am glad. I sure hope this is from the heart. I sure hope this is sincere. I hope you go to them one-on-one -on -one and say, hey, yes, I apologize for my actions. I was a child, and I hope 
if you're not getting help now, this is really just self-awareness of your actions. I sure hope you go to someone to get help. Because even though, even though you're, you're realizing stuff on your own, there are someone else out there that can help you in ways and help you in better ways and you can help yourself when you're the only one making changes and no one is there advising you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Underscore J25. Once again, that is at Dr. Underscore J-A-Y, the number two and the number five. Remember to always subscribe, rate, and review. It's a great way for people that are searching for new podcasts to listen to to come across this one. Then remember to always get the word out about the podcast via word of mouth. The things that we enjoy in life, we are more willing and somewhat wired to tell other people about. So no matter if this was your first episode or if you have been listening since episode one, be sure to let people know about the podcast. This has been episode 47 of the JC Woods Podcast. I'll see you next time.